The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Love for all, hatred for none. Did you know that Muslims believe in one God and also believe in Jesus and all biblical prophets? Statistics show Islam is the fastest growing religion, yet one of the most misunderstood religions. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community presents on every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. Tune in for an interactive program to remove misunderstandings and answer your questions about the Muslim faith. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community located at the Mahdi Mosque, Bush Park, Old Harbor. the merciful. All praise belongs to Allah, Lord of all the worlds, the gracious, the merciful, master of the day of judgment. Thee alone do we worship, and thee alone do we implore for help. Guide us in the right path, the path of those on whom thou hast bestowed thy blessings, those who have not incurred thy displeasure, and those who have not gone astray. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community over here in Jamaica with your usual program answering your questions, educating the general public and also giving you all that you need to know about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and for the sake of the new listeners who might have joined us today, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam this community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. Spread across over 200 countries, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is a peace-loving religious community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. Our motto is love for all and hatred for none. In the course of today's program, if you wish to add your voice, please do so by way of WhatsApp and the number to do so is 876-283-9533. Today on the program, we shall be taking a look at the Islamic teachings on blasphemy. Most often we hear instances of people who speak against religion and also the personage of God and his prophets. Unfortunately, it has become an issue that certain societies have been dealing with for a number of years. And whenever such unfortunate instances happen, some misguided individuals also go to the extreme and they retaliate in a way that you know defeats the whole purpose of religion today i am joined by imam Tariq azim president and missionary in charge of the ahmadiyya muslim community here in jamaica who is going to give us the teachings of islam regarding blasphemy imam Tariq, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to today's program 
وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ میں پیس اینڈ بلیسنگز اف گاڈ بی اپان یو اینڈ آل دی لسنرز اف آئی سٹیٹڈ امام طارق ام اوور دی ایئرز ان دی نیوز دیر از سم تھنگ کامن دیٹ وی کم اکراس دیٹ سم پیپل ایڈر ہیو انسرٹڈ سرٹن ریلیجیس پرسنالٹیز اور سرٹن ریلیجیس اسکرپچرز اینڈ دی ہیو سوٹ ٹو دی فیم even god himself and um, some individuals who might have been offended approach this in a way that is seen generally as uncalled for does islam prescribe punishment for dishonoring god or his prophet or even the books of god um as far as islam is concerned in regards to uh, to blasphemy blaspheming or dishonoring god his prophets or books or any other religious um, you know uh, entities um, islam says that uh, in this life no one should punish anyone for their crimes in this manner for example if somebody disrespects a prophet or disrespects god almighty the you know the creator of us all master of us all Allah the Almighty, God Almighty does not give us this instruction that you should go out and, uh, you know, grab that person and punish or hurt or, you know, cause harm to that person. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, when we look at the lives of prophets of God Almighty, Prophet Jesus, Prophet Moses before, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, sure, Prophet sure. Noah, so on and so forth. any prophet that you look at you see that they were abused and reviled and insulted throughout their lives we never see them or their companions punishing people or murdering people for dishonoring the prophets of god almighty or even you know rejecting the message of god almighty and saying um, wrong things about god almighty no never they were always um, you know um, patient they always just uh, you know looked away ignored and kept preaching their message this is the teaching given in islam that if someone says something uh, insulting something painful something hurtful regarding prophets or god almighty you turn away you ignore this is the message given there is going to be punishment for some for people who you know who insult or who blaspheme but not in this world not by me or you or any other person it is a matter that allah almighty allah the almighty god almighty will look towards himself in the hereafter he will punish such people who have uh, dishonored religion you know in that manner unless they repent of course but that punishment will be in the hereafter that will be uh, given to them on the judgment day day of judgment so in in essence what you are saying is that categorically islam does not prescribe any form of punishment here on earth by any means to to a person who uh, blasphemes or speaks against god or god's religion or his prophets islam does not prescribe such a punishment however if if god desires to punish those people it is not here but god himself will take the matters into his own hands since he has the power to do everything exactly okay. so he will punish them in the hereafter but if someone um, you know the one person that i am preaching to or you're preaching to does not believe in the day of judgment and he's not he doesn't care what is going to happen to him in the hereafter because he doesn't even believe in it then it's up to him you know that's his story then for him if he feels there is no punishment then there is no punishment but uh, in this life there is no physical punishment that can be inflicted by another person another group another party for blasphemy this is the teaching given in islam i mean we can look at a few verses as well from the holy quran yes i would be I would be very interested if you give us some references for the Holy Quran since it is the book that we derive guidance from. Exactly. Yeah. So if we look in uh, chapter 4 of the Holy Quran verse 141 it is mentioned that when you hear the signs of Allah being denied and mocked at sit not with them the people who are doing this type of conversation until they engage in a talk other than that. for in that case you would be like them so here allah the almighty gives uh, an instruction that if you see that signs of allah allah the almighty or his prophets are being denied and mocked at they've been ridiculed 
people are making jokes out of them and saying bad things then you know just don't sit with that, that those kind of people don't engage in a in in conversation with these kind of people it does not say that you should go out and you know grab your sword or something like that and start uh, uh, murdering them or you know uh, avenging that why did you uh, dishonor god almighty or prophet of god almighty no it says very simply that you just walk away from that type of situation and that will uh, you know in a way resolve the conflict for the time being because their matter the people who are uh, dishonoring god their matter is with god almighty directly god almighty will see what what he needs to do or how he needs to deal with those people there is no mention of punishment physical punishment in this world then we also look at there is a, a, another verse of the holy quran this is taken from chapter 33 and uh, verses 57 and 58 it is, allah says that allah and his angels send blessings on the prophet prophet muhammad peace be upon him O ye who believe, you also should invoke blessings on him and salute him with the salutation of peace. Verily, those who malign Allah and His Messenger, Allah has cursed them in the in this world and in the hereafter, and has prepared for them an abasing punishment. So again, what teaching is given to Muslims here? That you should send blessings upon the Prophet. You should pray. for the prophet you should uh, remember you know uh, remember his good deeds and try to uh, you know imitate them emulate them into your own personality but at the same time if other people abuse allah the almighty god almighty or his messenger you don't have to do anything about that allah has prepared a punishment for them you leave the matter to god you don't take this into your own hands what are you supposed to do as a muslim you're supposed to ignore and walk away and don't engage in conversations when such things are happening this is the teaching given in the holy quran to the muslims imam tarik let me ask um you have given us two references from the holy quran and as muslims you know this is the book that we respect we honor and uh, we derive guidance from yes we respect and honor all the other previous books like the bible the vedas and other books but the holy quran as muslims we be- we believe is the book that you know has the final law of god that we derive guidance from and every muslim is you know supposed to believe in this the verses you cited categorically and i mean urge muslims to walk away whenever you know god is mocked at or his prophets are being mocked at his signs are being you know made fun of walking away is the option when i mean how did the whole concept of people um beheading people for insulting god for insulting religion how did the whole concept start yes this concept actually is not an islamic concept of you know beheading or punishing for blasphemy and not this actually concept is taken mostly as we can see from uh, biblical sources from judaism and christianity from, from the bible, bible? Uh, from the bible because in the in the book of leviticus it is very clearly mentioned this is one example but there is several other examples as well in the book of leviticus in chapter 24 verses 13 to 16 if we read it says that and the lord spoke to moses saying take outside the camp him who has cursed then let all who heard him lay their hands on his head and let all the congregation stone him then you shall speak to the children of israel saying whoever curses his god shall bear his sin and whoever blasphemes the name of the lord shall surely be put to death all the congregation shall certainly stone him the stranger as well as him who is born in the land when he blasphemes the name of the lord he shall be put to death this is oh. the teaching from leviticus chapter 24 verses 13 to 16 and blasphemy as a matter of fact is one of the biggest sins one of the biggest sins in 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 christianity and judaism and it is possible that many other religions even some uh, so called muslims might have derived this teaching or have adopted this teaching from 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 the bible otherwise in islam there is no place 
uh, where, uh, you know, uh, in the Holy Quran, it, nowhere it mentions that uh, someone should be punished because of uh, blasphemy or for this or that reason. No, absolutely not. I mean, and uh, if we look through history, we find plenty of examples in, uh, in Christianity even, uh, where we see that people were punished uh, because of blasphemy. Okay. One of the most notable examples in this case uh, would be of uh, the scientist, very famous scientist, Galileo. He had presented his theory that basically Earth is not the center of the universe. Rather, Earth revolves around the sun. And this theory was not taken you know, kindly by, uh, by the clergy. And uh, he was uh, you know, uh, imprisoned or put under house arrest because of uh, saying such heretic things by going against the teachings of the you know the bible the, the teachings of uh, god almighty according to them and he was put under house arrest and then eventually he died while still in imprisonment while still under house arrest so this is the story we see that even prominent people faced uh, you know a threat or faced a danger to their lives for blasphemy, um, uh, you know, under Catholic rule and other Christian churches. And it is possible that other religions, as, as well as some Muslims, might have adopted or learned these things from the Bible because Holy Quran, as I mentioned, does not allow any punishment in this world uh, for blasphemy, not from any person to be given to another person. Muslims are taught to exhibit patience and steadfastness and leave the entire matter to God Almighty. We are told to turn away and ignore and practice patience. That is very interesting twist to the whole uh, discussion that as some people might believe that um, usually when we hear of such instances, Muslims are those whose names surface in the news. Unfortunately, there is nothing like this in the Holy Quran. The Holy Quran, according to what you said and the verses you quoted, only urge Muslims to walk away whenever such things like blasphemy happens. However, you have given us a verse in the Bible which mandates the killing of people when they blaspheme against God. And you are saying that people might have, some Muslims, misguided Muslims might have carried that teachings from Christianity because you know a lot of people uh, convert annually into Islam from Christianity. And uh, people might have that kind of uh, notion from wherever they came from and would like to execute it even though they have become uh, Muslims. Let's look at making images of the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam. We hear in the news that some people decide to make cartoons and images of the blessed personage of the Prophet wasallam of Islam. And then this sparks a very, you know, outrage among Muslims across the globe. Why does making image of the Prophet becomes a big deal in Islam? Or cartoons to be precise? Historically, we did not have cameras and uh, picture taking as, as we do today. So back in the days, pictures and statues were erected um, by kings so that they could be worshipped, so that they could be remembered by future generations as well. That was one of the reasons people uh, had their pictures drawn in big scale as well as uh, statues were made of them. And, you know, uh, those kings, many of them did not have uh, real belief in God Almighty and they claimed themselves to be Almighty. For example, Pharaoh from Egypt, we know that um, he did not believe in God, rather he wanted people to worship him. So that was one of the ways that uh, pictures or statues were used back then. And not just kings, as a matter of fact, any religious, any righteous, saintly person, um, you know, when he, when he passed away, people would uh, either turn their grave or even draw their pictures and start worshipping them. It was, we have seen this throughout the history. I mean, look at the example of Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, right? Yeah. There's, there's a picture of him. There are, you know, millions of statues of Prophet Jesus in small and big forms. He never asked to be worshipped. He never said that I should be called God. He never asked people to worship him, right? But at the same time, because of those pictures that were around, eventually he started to be worshipped. We look at the example of his mother, uh, Mary, 
you know she never asked she never claimed any right to be worshiped but yet at the same time many people pray to her right many people within christianity not everyone but some denominations they worship her or they pray through her so as a precaution uh, the founder of islam holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him avoided having any pictures drawn of him so that people do not start worshiping him or you know his picture instead of god almighty okay you see he he was the greatest prophet of god almighty he was he has performed greater miracles than any other prophet that has come and walked this earth so if he didn't take care if he didn't take these kind of precautions many more it is very likely that people would have started worshiping him god forbid so be, to avoid that a uh, situation he had uh, basically avoided having his picture uh, drawn uh, throughout his life therefore there is no authentic picture of the holy prophet that exists today there is none authentic one right so in this day and age today for example where as i mentioned earlier photography is very common now we all have our phones we can take as many pictures as we like at any time yeah um it it has changed you know our mentality has changed a bit now pictures do not lead to association of partners with god it does not lead to worship the way it did back then when there were pictures or statues drawn or you know statues are erected so like for example our community ahmadiyya muslim community the founder of our community over 100 plus years ago um you know had his picture taken right and then the successors of the community they they give deliver speeches in front of the tv um and kept, there's photo, you know media and what not taking pictures now that risk of uh, worship coming or uh, you know uh, pictures being worshiped or people being worshiped has reduced significantly so we see more use of photography but back in the days in the time of holy prophet peace be upon him this risk was still there so he forbade that any picture of him should be drawn so as i mentioned already Uh, you know as you said that uh, what is the deal with it what is the issue with it yeah now because there is no authentic picture of the prophet available today it was never drawn by anyone in his life for various reason and if today someone depicts the prophet it is out of hatred it is out of enmity towards islam the intention is to hurt the feelings of muslim and that's where the issue lies okay the intention uh, uh, why these pictures are drawn these cartoons are cartoons, yeah. drawn it's because they, they 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 want to insult god forbid the holy prophet peace be upon him and want to hurt the sentiments of muslims again this is as i mentioned that uh, uh, that's why we do not consider uh, it appropriate to draw the pictures of the holy prophet muhammad peace be upon him uh, because the intention right from the beginning is wrong um but it again it does not mean that muslims or anyone should start writing or creating disorder in the society we've already spoken about it that the teaching given to us even at a time of provocation is to walk away and ignore so um you stated that during the lifetime of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam there was no camera and a quick search to when Uh, the first camera was invented would take one to 1816 that is almost 1200 years after the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and over 18 that is 1800 years after jesus christ may peace upon him so during the time of all these prophets jesus prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and all the other prophets there was no camera so any pictorial image that would be made about them would only be gesture and islam does not believe and does not encourage gestures which are not you know based on facts and i mean facts and truth and for that reason you said islam discourages images being made of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam what we hear about is cartoons and somebody would argue that what should be i mean why why should there be a big deal in making cartoons of a you know a person that one respects can we use our day to day activities and looking at some institutions around us to justify why making cartoons of people who are revered by some other people you know can be 
inflammatory and 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 could cause could cause um you know anger like using our fathers if somebody makes an image of one's father a cartoon of one's father particularly in a you know dishonoring way are we going to say because it is cartoon nothing you know it is just okay we know of personalities in our countries like the prime ministers their spouses and other things should people make cartoons of them in you know in a disgusting way should we condone such a thing we know the institution of you know the papacy um the the, the queen of england these are people that people revere are, are they allowed to be made cartoons of and then we can just i mean justify it with the prophet Muhammad and the prophets of god uh, well, see, first thing, derogatory car uh, cartoons of any person should not be made because uh, may it be a prime minister, may it be, you know, the queen, anyone, they, they deserve, uh, you know, uh, they, uh, basic respect, human dignity uh, requires that we should not draw anything derogatory of anyone. But when you come towards, uh, you know, uh, prophets and people such as religious figures, uh, which are revered by millions of people in a manner that people look up to them, people imitate them, people emulate their qualities, they remember them throughout their day and love them more than they love their own parents, you know, sometimes. So yeah. because of these reasons, it is not, uh, it, 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 you cannot put religion and uh, generally people in the same category. Okay. Even, even in our society today, we, th th there are, uh, laws that do not allow you to say certain things about the prime minister, about the uh, the queen of uh, England, right? Such uh, things that can that are considered utter lies. Uh, you know, one can basically uh, file a law case, like you know, basically a, a suit against somebody that they they have uh, defamed me with their thing, with their cartoon, with their writing, with their movie, whatever it is. So, but in cases of religion, it becomes even more important. That we that we show extreme care. Um, I'll give you an example. Yeah. I mean, that what happens when uh, when when and, you know uh, people practice their freedom of speech in this manner. The same thing should be understood when it comes to religion as well. That we the uh, freedom of speech is not the issue, uh, but when somebody provocates, when somebody causes provocation, when somebody. Uh, causes you know incitement, anger provoke, in yeah, other people. Provoke, yeah. provoke, you provoke another person, then it is very likely that bad things will follow, and that's why uh, it is important that we 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 you know uh, practice freedom of speech, our right to speak, uh, very carefully and respectfully. See, when we look in the Bible, uh, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter seventeen, verse one something very beautiful Jesus, peace be upon him, has said. He says, then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. Okay. That problems, conflicts, offenses will take place in the society. When two people are living together, there might be some kind of a, you know, issue between them at some point. But you should try your level best that you are not the one to cause it. You're not the one uh, that at, causes at whose, that, at, that at whose hand to arise. At whose hand it starts. Exactly. Okay. Go unto him through whom they come. Okay. So this is the teaching given in the Bible. And it's a very beautiful teaching in this manner that you should not be the one causing for the troubles to start. There are going to be troubles when people are living together, but you should not be the one. So this freedom of speech aspect and, uh, you know, pro uh, provocation and um, inciting other people to act aggressively, some responsibility should be taken by the person uh, that is causing this incitement. See, in that situation, uh, as I have given, yeah. uh, where uh, you move, you're moving into a neighborhood and this rude neighbor comes to you, a simplest thing would be to just close your door come back inside, you know, ignore what he has said. And for the remainder of the days, unless his behavior starts to change your neighbor's behavior, you just ignore and pretend he doesn't even live there. That's the best way going forward for your sanity, for your health as well. But again, it is very likely that such behavior might lead to some kind of conflict in that, 
in that neighborhood. So this is the teaching, um, you know, given in the Bible as well. And similarly, the Holy Quran teaches us that your job is to ignore. You just turn away. You look away. You ignore. Right. I quoted this verse before from the Holy Quran. Chapter 4, verse 141. Allah says, when you hear the signs of God being denied and mocked at, sit not with them until they engage in a talk other than that. So this is the, the teaching given in the Holy Quran. When someone provokes you, you, you turn away and you, you know, ignore and you walk away because you don't want any confrontation. You don't want any trouble. And uh, whoever is doing it, if there is a way that you can report it to the authorities, go ahead. But if there is nothing to report, you just ignore and you move on and, and you pray for the best. Yeah, thank you very much, Imam Tariq. And um, you have beautifully explained why, of course, it is not proper for people to malign prophets of God and also holy personages in, even in our societies. And given the fact that we all revere even the, the holy personages, I mean, the, the, the most important people we have in our societies, like the prime ministers, the queen, you know, the, 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 the presidents of, of states, they all worship God and they honor the prophets that we are talking about. So if we don't have the right to speak against these worldly leaders in a manner that could, you know, defame them, then of course you have even a bigger responsibility not to speak against, you know, prophets of God. However, let's look at, um, you know, in our own societies. It is very common that with the example you gave, nobody would take it light when their mothers are insulted. And um, it, it varies from you know society to society. But then the approach always will be anger when a person's mother is insulted. Recently, um, there is um, an artist here in Jamaica who, in the I mean, on social media, is reported to have said that uh, if you insult his mother, his mother is dead anyway, so he will send you to the grave and then you go and apologize to the mother. We don't, you know, condone such a thing, but it shows you to what extent people could go when their parents are insulted. And as you rightly said, these prophets are honored by people in most cases even more than their own parents. And I believe in order to live peacefully with each other, we have to respect all the religious sentiments of people that, you know, we want to live I mean, peacefully with. And this, of course, brings me to uh, the incident that uh, happened in France somewhere in 2011, and I mean, uh, Charlie Hebdo, and also Samuel Party recently, what happened. And unfortunately, of course, as Muslims, we condemned that um, barbaric attack, which was uh, initiated uh, but then also we also condemned the subsequent attack which was also uh, which followed up after the initial cartoons and other images were made. What we see from the other side is that they only would condemn the uh, reaction but then they would not condemn the action, the one which started this incident. And this will bring me to my next question that is the Islamic teachings on respect for religious leaders and their founders. What guidance does Islam give us to ensure that we live in harmony by respecting the religious you know, personalities of other religions, be they Muslims or non-Muslims? Yes. Um, before I um, you know, um, comment on this question, just now you were mentioning about showing respect to, uh, to mothers of other people. And if somebody's mother is disrespected, how uh, that offends people and that leads us to, leads to um, conflict and violence even sometimes. So, you, you know, in the Holy Quran, uh, the wives of the prophet, prophets or prophets themselves have been referred to as parents of the believers, of the followers. So when someone... Ummahatul Mu'mineen, the term yeah. is used for wives of the prophets. And that, um, you know, because of this reason, you can, one, one can understand that when a prophet or uh, family of the prophet is insulted, 
um, it is uh, taken, uh, it's not taken lightly by Muslims because it is taken as if their own father or their own mother has been insulted. So uh, th that is the kind of respect and love the Muslims have for Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, uh, and other prophets and their wives and, you know, uh, all the other religious figures. So now going back to the questions that you asked about religions and, the, you know, respect for other religions and their founders. As uh, uh, Muslims, we respect holy founders of uh, all different religions. As a matter of fact, in our community, in many different places across the globe, uh, we celebrate uh, an event called uh, Founders Day, Religious Founders Day. And it is an interfaith event where people of various religions, including uh, Islam, Christianity, Judaism, Sikhism, Hinduism, and uh, you know many others, they come and they present uh, the, the good teachings of their founders, uh, good teachings of their religion. And so as Muslims, we celebrate this day because we have to show respect and, uh, you know, uh, we have to show, um, uh, appreciate the good teachings that any founder, any uh, religious, any religion has given. So even if sometimes we don't agree with a particular religion or we, we as Muslims feel that this religion is based on conjecture or falsehood, we still don't disrespect that religion or the founder of that religion because this is against the teachings of the Holy Quran. This is against the teachings of Islam. In chapter 6, verse 109 of the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty has given this instruction. It is, it is written that, and revile not those whom they call upon beside Allah, lest they out of spite revile Allah in their ignorance. Oh. What that means is that as Muslims, we should not insult, we should not say bad words, we should not curse the, the deities that you know, other religions worship. You mean the idols, the, the idols? The idols. Exactly. Idols. And sometimes uh, different religions have different uh, theology, theology that is different than Islamic theology. So we should not insult, we should not curse them because what will happen is that, that then they will curse our God Almighty, right? The God that we believe in. So what's going to happen is that even if we don't agree with their theology, but when they will insult our God, they will be, um, they will be hurting our sentiments as, as well as that this will lead to me disrespecting my own God because of my actions, right? When I insult someone else's uh, re religious belief, they will attack my religious belief. Yeah. So at the end of the day, who is it that caused um, uh, insult to my faith? That, is, that would be my actions that led to it. Right. So in that case, Allah the Almighty has given very clear instructions that do not revile those whom they call upon beside God, lest they out of spite revile Allah in their ignorance. So they will do it out of ignorance. But who will be the one causing it? It could be me because I'm the one who, had, would, have, who would have initiated in that situation. So the Holy Quran gives very clear guidance in this manner. There's very, very interesting hadith, uh, a saying of the Prophet uh, is narrated and I would like to mention it here. Um, it is mentioned that the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that verily one of the major sins is that a man curses his own parents. It was said, O Messenger of Allah, how can a man curse his own parents? The Prophet said, he insults the father of another man, and then that man insults his father and his mother. So this becomes a reason uh, when, you know, for example, uh, we uh, insult uh, founders of other religions, then what is going to happen is that in return, they're going to attack our religion as well out of ignorance. And then in a way, it would be my fault and I would be the one cursing my own, uh, you know, or defaming my own uh, religious uh, founder or, uh, you know, God that, I'm, uh, that I worship. So this is the teaching given to Islam, the, to the Muslims. And this is what we try to practice, you know, in the best manner possible, that respect other people, respect their religions, respect the founders of their religions and whom they ever worship, 
let them worship do not insult them yes you can give your teachings very uh, kindly peacefully uh, tell them try to reason with them but insulting uh, you know their sentiments uh, hurting their sentiments by insulting um, the, the, the idols that they worship or the prophets that they follow or whatever theology or belief they have that is not allowed in the religion of islam so as muslims we have been given very very clear and straightforward teaching that when somebody provokes you you try to look away you try to ignore and uh, uh, you know as best as you can if the matter can be taken to some authorities to to be resolved yes go ahead and do that but do not take it in your own hands and say that oh i'm going to hurt such and such person that is not an islamic teaching at all Imam Tariq, you gave a verse from the Holy Quran. The reference is very important where it states that you should not insult those deities that are associated with Allah. Wala tasubbu allazina yad'una min dunillah. And if you do, then they would also by, you know, extension, they would also insult Allah, your God. This I found a verse in the Bible of course we we all know that idol worshiping is a matter of as the bible will put stupidity to be worshiping idols and this is in Isaiah chapter 44 verse 20 it reads how can anyone be stupid enough to trust something that can be burned to ashes no one can save themselves like that don't they realize that the idols they hold in their hands are not really gods and the holy quran takes a different approach say so don't even insult those idols because if you do they would retaliate by insulting your god i believe if all societies if all religions adopted this you know simple ethical teachings that the holy quran gives by respecting the religious feelings of other people we will be living in a peaceful society absolutely absolutely and and the founder of ahmadiyya muslim community his holiness mirza ghulam ahmed um about 120 years ago 130 years ago uh, when he lived in india there were many different religions living there there were muslims there were hindus there was there were christians buddhists jainists and different different religions and he proposed this that we should and uh, let go of things uh, that hurt the feelings of other people you know he he even said i mean uh, there was a there was a lot of uh, in that area there was a lot of confrontation between muslims and hindus because they were the largest majorities and he he said that if if hindus can stop abusing our uh, prophet and our religious beliefs we will stop uh, you know uh, eating cows or other things that that they feel are insulting towards their religion for sake of their respect otherwise as muslims there was nothing wrong with it as christians there is nothing wrong with uh, eating cows or some you know uh, eating the meat of a cow so i i i find this example this uh, you know uh, proposal that was put forth by the founder of amdia muslim community as a very uh, a strong example of islamic values that we are ready to uh, com- you know compromise anything um put anything um you know leave anything for the sake of peace for the sake of interfaith harmony in our societies let's look at the life of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we as muslims we are enjoined to emulate his examples to learn from his examples and i believe that during his lifetime such instances of you know disrespect and you know insult might have been directed to him or you know to his religion let's look at what he himself did so basically in his lifetime should such a thing happen what would be the approach of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam there are many many stories where we see that people uh, you know try to insult him yet he exhibited patience he practiced patience in those situations one very uh, famous incident it is mentioned that when he used to be going towards the mosque or the place of worship from his house uh, he used to pass by a house of a lady an elderly lady which had heard some things about the prophet which were not true 
and due to that she she you know kind of uh, hated uh, the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and tried to create trouble by throwing garbage either upon him or in front of him every time he would pass by her being an elderly lady prophet peace upon him every single time ignored and walked away never said anything to her if there was some sort of uh, you know blasphemy uh, uh, justification for a uh, punishment for blasphemy he would have said something to her or one of his companions would have done something to her no he completely ignored each and every single time eventually the story mentions that one time she did not throw the garbage she did not come out to throw garbage upon the prophet and prophet went and knocked at her door to see that you know what if if she was okay and turned out that she had fallen ill and prophet peace be upon him then goes inside her house and she says that oh you did not come out today so i came to see that how you were doing how you are and and the lady at first she was scared that maybe he has come to take revenge or something like that but then he offered her water from from her house and and then she was very relieved and eventually the same person that had hated or you know this um, did not like the holy prophet peace be upon him turned into uh, one of his uh, one of his companions one of you know one of the followers so this is one incident that we see that there was no punishment given uh, at all for any type of insulting or blasphemy done against the prophet we uh, you know in his early years prophet muhammad peace be upon him used to go out and uh, offer his uh, daily prayers in public place sometimes right in in the center of mecca and uh, some people used to throw things at him um sometimes people would throw like filthy Uh, camel intestines and what not on him or around him while he would be in prostration and then they would laugh he you know he never retaliated he was there to worship god almighty in those places in those uh, particular uh, house of uh, you know uh, places of worship or houses of god as we say uh, he always showed kindness and compassion towards them he never um, basically sought revenge for any type of fun, uh, any type of insult Uh, done towards him he was always extremely kind and compassionate in these matters when he moved to the city of medina because the persecution in his hometown of makka was was over the roof so when he migrated to this new town uh, there was this gentleman by the name of uh, abdullah bin ubay bin sulul he accepted islam or apparently accepted islam because most of the other people had accepted islam in his in his society in his in the in the town Yeah. So he accepted Islam, but deep down he did not uh, feel uh, as part of the religion, and he would tr- he tried as much as possible to uh, create division within the Muslim community among the Muslims. And at one point, when you know uh, some conflict had taken place between a couple of people, and he took that opportunity to say some very insulting things against the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. so insulting that his own son became extremely angry at him and he came to the prophet peace be upon him seeking permission that allow me to kill my father for what he for the way that he has insulted you that be very serious exactly and the prophet said no i'm not going to allow you or anyone else to do that when that same man the person that had insulted the prophet that day when that man passed away prophet peace be upon him prayed for him abundantly so that allah the almighty forgives him for all his mistakes and his shortcomings this is the character of the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him then there is another uh, very famous narration that it is mentioned that uh, in medina two persons a muslim and a jew they started arguing over something the muslim said that um that holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of god be upon him the founder of islam has superiority over all the people he is the greatest prophet of all the jew said that no the prophet moses is the most superior and he is superior to all the people of the world it is mentioned that at this point the muslim raised his hand and slapped the jew on the face the jew went to the holy prophet peace be upon him and informed him of what had happened the same person who was speaking again the prophet went to him to complain exactly and and he complained that this or informed him that this is what had happened the prophet peace be upon him sent for the muslim 
and asked him about it that is that is this true the muslim also basically informed the same thing and then the prophet peace be upon him to to you know um, to, to care for the sentiments of that jew that jewish person he said that to the muslim that do not give me superiority over moses do not give me superiority over moses while the holy quran is very clear that holy prophet muhammad is the greatest prophet uh, you know uh, of uh, you know basically in the history of mankind bible is testifying to the fact that prophet muhammad the prophet to come the spirit of truth to come prince of peace to come he's going to be the greatest prophet so all these things are there but yet prophet muhammad peace be upon him is <laughs> saying that do not give me superiority over moses especially in this manner that you know don't uh, you don't need to go out and hurt the feelings of people whatever status has been given to me by god it has been given to me by god but it is not for me to use this status to hurt the feelings of other people this was the teaching um you know or this was the behavior of the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him whenever uh, you know he was uh, disrespected by anybody or insulted he ignored it he completely ignored it ignored it in the sense that he turned uh, and looked away and prayed for even prayed for that person and cared for the sentiments of other people this is whom the holy prophet muhammad peace be upon him was Excellent. and i wish that um, all of the muslim world looks at these examples of the prophet peace be upon him and learns from them and not just muslims even christians and people of other religions look towards the compassion of prophet muhammad peace be upon him and and and, and try to see what we can learn we will have such a peaceful and uh, you know harmonious society and world uh, if we learn and follow the examples of holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of god be upon him thank you very much and by urging all the muslims and also all the people to look up to the life of the prophet sallam i think it would be appropriate to cite this verse from the holy quran which says wajaza usayatun sayatun mis luha that the recompense of evil is evil the like thereof which means that if somebody commits an evil act against you if you have to retaliate it should be in like manner then the verse goes on faman afa wa aslaha fa ajruhu alallah that whosoever forgives and make amends that is even best and their reward is with allah So this verse tells us that when somebody commits any evil act against us the best option is to forgive and make peace with the person so that we have our reward with Allah but then if we cannot forgive and we want to retaliate or revenge the revenge should not exceed the action the person did and this brings me back to the same topic we are talking about that people make images they use the pen to you know make cartoons of the prophet sallam is it not out of place for muslims to use guns or knives or other forms of offenses to attack or to respond to such you know an offense yes as muslims basically uh, we are taught that even if we want to respond um, to any kind of uh, attack against us we should not use greater means or more stricter means than the ones that are being employed by the opponent so in this case as in the case of freedom uh, you know misusing freedom of speech and uh, you know committing blasphemy it is our job to use our pen to defend the honor of prophet muhammad peace and blessings of god be upon him this and, is and not the knife our, no not the knife no not the sword our community ahmadiyya muslim community since its inception has been working extremely hard to defend the honor of the prophet peace be upon him by holding interfaith events by holding uh, seminars on the life of the prophet peace be upon him by writing books by writing articles by uh, doing programs such as we are doing today to exhibit to the people to to show to the people that what is the true character of the holy prophet peace be upon him that how kind and compassionate of a person he was and he was not the way that he is depicted sometimes uh, by by you know by those who are who uh, don't follow don't believe in prophet muhammad peace be upon him by some of them 
I mean, there are many uh, non-Muslims, many scholars that have studied the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, uh, who are not Muslims, I, as I, I again repeat, and have said very favorable things about the Prophet, peace be upon him, because they have studied his life from an unbiased perspective. So the reason, I mean, I, I don't want to go into those right now, yeah. because we have done an episode on that uh, a, a short while back. And if our um, listeners want, they can, you know, hear those episodes online on our website. So, we, I, mean, I, I, I know time is far, you know, gone. And within the next few minutes, we should be drawing the curtains down on today's program. And um, anytime such instances happen, people hide behind freedom of expression and freedom of speech. What is the Islamic guidance on freedom of speech, briefly? Yes. Um, yes, I'll try to keep it very brief as our time is short. Uh, Islam favors freedom of speech. Islam holds this value, holds this right or this freedom very seriously. As a matter of fact, uh, when religions are founded, when prophets of God Almighty come, they, uh, they try to preach, but in mostly in most cases, their voices are suppressed, right? So they speak, uh, they speak for freedom of speech while they're uh, preaching their message of, uh, of God Almighty. So freedom of speech is something that is uh, fundamental to Islam. And from the beginning, Islam has always tried to uh, establish this freedom in every society. Even, uh, you know, when we read about uh, the life of the second uh, caliph of Islam, the second successor after the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, so, so. that is uh, His Holiness Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, he used to make sure that the governors, Muslim governors living in different parts of the, um, you know, different uh, parts of Arabia, they, he made sure that they uh, lived in a way that was approachable by common people so that people could come and say the things that were necessary to, uh, you know, that were necessary to be looked towards so that those things can be improved in the country. So as I mentioned, freedom of speech is extremely uh, important in Islamic uh, teachings. It is mentioned again and again as uh, an important freedom to be given to people. And uh, I'll mention one short narration and then I will end my talk with that. Uh, it is mentioned that a man asked the messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of God be upon him, what is the best jihad, best way to strive in the way of God? The prophet said, a word of truth in front of a tyrannical ruler. So this is the value of freedom of speech that um, you, you know, you, everyone should have the freedom to say what they want to say. But as we have discussed throughout this episode today, when we use this right, when we use this freedom, our intention should not be to hurt the feelings of others. There's a very famous quote, and it says that words are more dangerous than swords and guns. They reach further and hurt deeper. So we should know the value of what, you know, the impact uh, of what we are saying and what it can cause. So therefore, we should use our words or our writings uh, or our pen more carefully so that we do not unnecessarily um, hurt the feelings and sentiments of other people. Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim, for your time on today's program discussing Islamic guidance and teachings on blasphemy. And um, should such instances happen, what does Islam encourage Muslims to do? Um, it was very wonderful having you on today's program and a very big thank you as usual. And also to my wonderful listeners, thank you very much for being part of today's program. Unfortunately, this is all that time would allow us for today. Of course, if you missed today's program, you can visit our um, Facebook page, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat Jamaica, and this and other episodes are also going to be available. Until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, it's love for all and hatred for none. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Salli ala Muhammadin Salli ala Muhammadin
सल्ले मोहम्मदिन सल्ले नबी सल्ले मोहम्मदिन